and welcome to Geekiest Show Ever, number five. And my name is Tim Robertson, and I'm joined by Guy Searle. Hey, Guy. Hey, what's going on, Tim? Pretty good. Yeah. You know, we we uh, we kind of grew up uh, what about a decade apart as far as being geeks, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much so. So I did most of my childhood to adulthood in the eighties. When right. when the 80s started I was 10 and when the 80s ended I was 20. That was a good that was a good good decade to be that age. You think so? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I really do. You know, it it was I you know it, a lot of people listening to the show fall in that demographic. And the funny thing is guy, we saw a lot of transition from when that decade started and when it ended and where we are today. And being a geek at the beginning of the eighties was kind of a, a negative thing, but well, towards, well, because, you know, uh, geeks were made fun of and they were, you know, I, the, the prototypical oh, yeah. Reven- geek. had revenge of the nerds, right? And, stuff like that. But right. by the end of the eighties, it was starting to change a little bit. And now of course, in 2009, really our society is really built around geek culture. You know, right. everybody is into computers and social networking and the biggest movies at the box office is geek shows like X-Men, Wolverine, Star Trek, Star Wars, very geeky things. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. Now, the problem is, of course, you know, we're both married. So we're tw- I'm you're 15 years and I'm 25 years too late to pick up on all the girls that like the geeks. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't help me a bit anymore. No. Except we record a, a a podcast that talks about it, so that's kind of True. a good thing. That is a good thing. So when you were growing up, and let, let's put this before you turned, let's say, 16 and you can drive, because once that happens, things change. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> so up to that point, what was the, the your geeky thing to do? What was the one thing that you really dug that not a lot of your friends were into or your family really didn't get, but they kind of put up with it? Was there like one thing out there that you did? Uh, from fourteen to sixteen, that would probably be marijuana. No, I'm kidding. Mostly <laughs> crack. Um, you know, I was an early adopter of crack. And... <laughs> no, the uh, honestly, from it, it, the seventies, were it was not a good time to be a geek because unless you were like a high level geek, like NASA type of geek, there wasn't a lot to do. There wasn't really a whole lot to do, you know, I, and, and, you know, my kids come up, you know, my kids come up and tell me, he says, dad, we're bored. We have nothing to do. And I, I, I would think back to like when I was their age, my, my oldest son is 14. My younger son is 12. And on, and, you know, just to give it some, some background, uh, you know, I live in Northern Virginia and it's, it's springtime. And today, especially today, temperatures are in like the mid-60s and it's not a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful day. In a day like this, in Florida, where I grew up, I would be out riding my bike. Oh, absolutely. I, I would, I, you know, and I'd, I'd go down to the beach or I would find an, an empty uh, like parking garage someplace and skateboard or, or climb trees or, you know, you know, do things that would essentially, if I screwed up, would cause me bodily harm. Sure, absolutely. I was into the bodily harm. A lot of that. What was that red liquid that your mom used to put on the cuts? What was that stuff? Do you remember oh, that? Um, oh, Bactine? Maybe. That might be it. Uh, no, no, no. You know what? I, I, we're geeks. I cannot think of the name of that stuff. Continue it. It, it, would, I will find- it, it would sting like you wouldn't believe. 
And I, I guarantee if you were anything like me, guy, we probably went through a gallon a summer of that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, you're always getting cuts. You're always, you know, wondering when when is the next major injury? Where is it going to come from? How soon is it going to happen? And it, I, I should I should say that a little bit different. It's not that we would think about it, but your parents would think about it. Because it would always seem like there was something coming down the road that would just make it really weird. I totally... Are you looking up that, whatever that is called? It's not... Boy, that is going to drive me crazy now. I cannot think of what the name of that stuff was. Um, hmm. If I had my phone here, I would actually pick up the phone and call my mother. <laughs> she would know what it was. Yes. Well, of course she would. She's a mom. It was uh, it was like an antibiotic almost. But it was, it was... Yeah, but it was red. And you remember it had like a little um, teardrop thing in it. And then yeah. she would suck up and the it, liquid and, in that. Yeah, and it would it would actually stain your skin. Oh, absolutely. Because even Wherever after your... It, the the stain lasted longer than the scar that it was supposedly healing. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was Bactine because as I remember Bactine, that was more like a, a clear spray that they would put on. So it's not Bactine, and yeah, I'm sure somebody will let us know what Someone's it is. Someone's screaming at their headphones right now, going, now, "It's I, this! It's it's poison! They called it poison!" Oh, no, I hated that stuff, and they would just drip it right into the open wound. And right. you ever notice ever notice as your mother would do that, she would get like this maniacal grin on her face. She's like, I'm causing my son pain. <laughs> they would blow on it. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's make sure it gets into every nook and cranny. There's probably a few nerve endings that aren't experiencing excruciating pain at the moment, and we don't want to leave them out. So when you were that age, you would go out riding bikes, go to the beach, blah, 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 blah. So you, your point was, what are your kids doing? Uh, my kids are, are you know, they're looking on the computer, they're going on Facebook, they're looking up, like lately it's it's been, there's been a lot of uh, video game reviews that they keep looking up. Well, you just got them an Xbox 360, too. True, true. But I mean, even before then, you know, my, my younger son, who's more into it than I think my, my older son, was like obsessing on the uh, Nintendo Wii. He, he had to have a Nintendo Wii. So he was saving up. <clears throat> excuse me. He was saving up his grandma money. He was saving up his good grades money, and and the deal I made with him was that if he could come up with half of what it cost to buy a Wii, that I would put up the other half. And it still didn't mean that it belonged to him, but you know, it was one of those things where it's like if this is something that you really, really want, then you need to save your money and work toward a goal. And by God, that's exactly what he did he saved up exactly half of what it cost to buy a wii and i went ahead and, and i got it and paid for another controller and a couple of games so it, you know obviously i was a little more you paid more than half oh <laughs> well, yeah yeah and when um when when guy jr was was thinking about wanting to get a ps3 you know he said well are you going to make the same deal with with me that you did with peter i said well guy if you can save up you know the 200 bucks that it costs to to get a ps3 then you know yeah i'll go ahead and i'll pony up the other half well after probably four to five months he'd only garnered up about a little more than 100 bucks <laughs> but right right around this same time is when you know the latest product cycle for the xbox had happened yep and they had a 199 version of the xbox but when I went down to Best Buy to look at them, 
you know, they had the the $199 one, which was about as bare bones as it possibly could be. And for another 100 bucks, you could get one with a 60 gig drive and, you know, just lots more options and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know what? And and the thing with the Xbox, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, what I was told was that you can't just drop any hard drive in. No, you can't. It, it comes with the hard drive. If you buy the arcade one that doesn't have a hard drive, you can get like a little memory stick thing for it, but those suck and you can't download anything to them. Right. You, you really need a hard drive. I think Microsoft has gone the cheap way by offering one without a hard drive. And they've also gone... The cheap well, probably, way that probably figuring that everybody will, will upscale it, right? But you know what? Just offer it with a hard drive. Give me a break. But they also made it so you have to use our proprietary connector slash hard drive to work instead of just plugging in a cheap USB hard drive. That would make too much sense, and of course Microsoft wouldn't make as much money. I think it's been a mistake, but you know they didn't call and ask me. So, <laughs> well, that's as I was as I was looking at the various options. And, you know, I, I did go ahead and get the 299 one, which came with a 60-gig drive. And then there was a third one. I think it's called the Ultimate or, or the Extreme or I, I don't even know. Right. But that one had, I think it was a bigger hard drive and, and it came with an HDMI cable and blah, blah. You know, I mean, all these other things that the arcade and, and the mid-range one didn't have. Yep. But I looked at what it was offering and it's like, okay, well, does it have wireless if it doesn't have wireless and i don't really care about all the other stuff that comes with i just wanted one that had the hard drive in it and i'll deal with the networking part of it which i haven't done yet uh, I'll, I'll deal with that later because i don't have ethernet to the entertainment center that you know all this stuff is living in well you can also buy a little wireless <laughs> adapter for it too but it's like a hundred bucks well yeah but for a hundred bucks i can i can get a um uh, Apple Airport Express, like we were talking about last week, put it in bridge mode, and uh, well, last just, week on the MyMac dot com podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> gotta remember this is geekiest show ever. Oh, I know, no, no, I know, I know. Um, but basically, I could I could take a, another Apple Airport Express, put it in bridge mode, and then just connect to it directly with an Ethernet cable. Yeah, and that would save you about half. So that's a, probably a good solution. So yeah. let's go back to the original uh, question. We kind of got off track. Yeah. What What was the geek thing that you did before you turned, say, sixteen? Oh, was there any uh, like one thing that you know, like I said, not, nobody really did with you, or your friends were like, "Ugh." Not really, because I mean, you have to remember that that there weren't personal computers, there weren't game systems. There, there, there wasn't any of the stuff that that a lot of people, especially kids, just take for take for granted that they've always existed. You know, I mean, we were dinosaurs with with you know bones through our nose back in the '60s and '70s. You know, we had we had and and this this will probably blow some kids' minds. We had a TV set with about five channels on, it. <laughs> and it all sucked back then too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you had ABC, CBS. NBC and probably anywhere from two to four local independent stations that were mostly running, you know, reruns of Leave It to Beaver and the Andy Griffith Show. And, you know what I and, blow my kids' mind with is I say, you know, when I was a kid, the only time I got to watch new cartoons was on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and it was from roughly from seven o'clock in the morning until about eleven o'clock. My daughter would say, um, 
couldn't you just turn on Nickelodeon or Disney Channel? <laughs> there was no such thing as no. Nickelodeon or oh. Disney Channel. That's when, that's when you pat her on the top of the head and say, dear child, hmm. there weren't those things when we were young. Yeah, it's it, it's a different world. For me growing up, probably my introduction to geekhood would be comic books. Uh, I distinctly remember there was a drugstore that's maybe a mile and a half from my house, if that. Uh, that from my, where you used to live, of course. When you know, when I was seven, yeah, that 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 the place we we went to when I went to Grand Rapids, right, right, okay. And my mom is handicapped, so for her to make that walk was a big deal. It should it'd be impossible nowadays, but at the time she could do it. And the name of the drugstore was Alexander's, and I hated going there with my mom because it smelled like mothballs in this place. Sure. Uh, you couldn't sneak around anywhere because they had these bare wooden floors. Uh, it was very dark <laughs> and dank and musty in there. I didn't like Alexander's at all. Yeah, I think it used to be a butcher shop. It was something. Well, my mom <laughs> told me that back in the day, <laughs> they actually had uh, a, like a bar that you can get milkshakes and uh, oh, yeah. real yeah, cherry cola and stuff like that. But that was you, gone. You could, you could get like malted milkshakes. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. See, I'm old enough to remember some of those. Well, that was gone when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, this is 1977. I was seven years old. Well, by I would say that those were mostly gone by the mid to late 60s, that that um, fast food restaurants pretty much killed yes. the, the like little corner grills that you'd have in drugstores. And, you know, and that was pretty much the end of it. It was just as easy to to go to McDonald's and it wasn't called Mickey D's. It was McDonald's. Yep. And you know, you'd pick up a chocolate milkshake or you'd pick up a cheap hamburger or something along those lines. Like you used to do in the drugstores when I was such a young boy. So I remember going up there once with my mom and I was just bitching and complaining all the way up. Of course. And at the time I got like a $2 allowance. I think it might've been $3 by the time wow. I turned 10. I remember getting like a dime or a quarter. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. Go ahead. Go ahead. So we were walking up there, and my mom said, well, why don't you look at the comic books when we get there? And I knew what comic books were, but right. I never really read them or anything, and I always thought they were stupid. Okay. Now, what year is this? 1977. Okay. So we get up there. It was a good year for comic books. And she, yeah, it was. She shows me where the comic books are, and it was on this round spindle rack. Sure. And the comics were 35 cents each. So I could literally get six comic books with the money I had. Right. And I, But I didn't, of course, want to spend all my $6 on comic books because I didn't know if I was going to like them. So I remember it was 1977 or 78. I don't remember. It might have been 78 because I think this was after I was into Star Wars. Okay. And that was that, 77, 78, I think, was like the first big push for the modern X-Men. Yes, it was. was that, or was that a little bit later? A, a little bit later, but it, it's right around that time. Okay. So I, I'm looking at the comic books, and of course I knew who the Hulk was. No, so I, I picked up the they Hulk. They had a TV show was on. Uh, could have been. I think that was the 80s, though. But I picked, up the, I picked up a Hulk comic book, and they actually had two different issues. Um, I think one was like three months out of date. It was all by itself. <laughs> okay. I mean, there was no rhyme or reason to how they put the comic books on the rack. They just you know, like, stuck they them up there. And, yeah. and uh, so I picked up like two or three comic books. Now, this was summertime. And during the summertime, when I was a kid, we used to go camping quite a bit. 
Sure. And camping for us was taking this old pop-up trailer that my grandmother owned, but my mom and dad <laughs> used a lot. It was one of these jobs that you would pop it up in the middle and they, it would flip out on each side to make beds and the sides were canvas. Right. So this thing was parked in our yard, you know, all winter and all spring. So my mom and dad, a week or two before we were actually going to go camping, would open this thing to air it out. And it needed it. (laughs) But while it was airing out, that's my fort. That's my hangout in the yard during the summer. Sure. So I have a very distinct memory of laying on my stomach on a pretty warm day with this wet canvas smell. (laughs) Oh, you're you're just trying to romanticize it now, aren't you? And yes. And uh, reading this issue of The Incredible Hulk. And do you it, remember what it was about? I, I don't. I remember that it had something to do with a train or something. He punched a train or he landed by a train. I really don't remember. Uh, and I've actually gone through old Hulk issues, uh, the covers, to see if I right. could find exactly which one it was. Because I think it would be cool to own that one. Um, but I do remember the other one of the other comic books I got was a Thor. And Thor seemed very adult to me at the time. Verily. Verily. <laughs> and it took me a long time trying to figure out what the words meant because they would use language that I was unfamiliar with. Yeah. But that's when I got hooked into comic books. It was engrossing. It was captivating. It was colorful. Um, unlike a lot of uh, the other kids that I knew that actually got comic books at all, they would look at the pictures. I would read the story. Sure. And I wanted That's to know the best what part. Absolutely. And I wanted to know what happened next and next. And then I got into what happened before. And that's kind of my introduction to geekhood was comic books. Uh, later that became video games and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Sure. But it, I was torn at the time. I liked Hot Wheel cars. Oh, I used to love Hot Wheel cars. So, I could go on for a while about those. And those were like 50 cents. So with my allowance, I can get four Hot Wheel cars. But every week, the comic books would come in, and I would go up to Alexander's and get comic books. So I was torn. And I also liked records. I used to get 45s all the time. Oh, yeah. So what do I spend my money on a 45, the comic books, the Hot Wheel cars? And uh, 40, 45s, let's see. Oh, my God. They were probably 50 to 75 cents? Usually, if I remember right, 75 cents. Okay. Um, so I was always torn. The thing was, I, I knew I could wait to get the car because they weren't going to go anywhere and they weren't going to really change. Whereas if I missed a comic book, I might miss it for good. And with the records, I wanted whatever was playing on the rec- on the radio that radio. was popular. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would spend my money on. Of, of course, eventually, Star Wars figures became a big thing to me and I was buying those. How I ever got money to buy all this geek fandom stuff that I used to buy as a kid, I have no idea. I think Christmas had a lot to do with the Star Wars stuff that I got. Oh, sure. You know, I remember getting that's, the That's how I got, like, when I was, like, about your same age in the mid, in the mid-60s, that's when, when Hot Wheels really kind of first started. Yep. And um, one of the things that, that my mom used to do to punish me whenever I'd done something wrong would be that she would ground me. So I, I couldn't go outside. And both my parents worked. So she would come home from work, and from the time that I'd gotten home until the time she walked in the door, I had this like elaborate Hot Wheel track set up that would go from this little railing that we had around our dining room 
down, it would hit like what did they call those things? Superchargers with the big oh, yeah. D-cell batteries. Yep. Okay, I would have like a couple of those laid out with loops and turns and all kinds of stuff, and it would go all the way from our dining room through the living room into what we kind of laughingly called the den. And you know, I, it would just be this long, elaborate setup, and all you could hear were those were those superchargers whirling and the cars like speeding down the track and my mother would walk in the door and just look at this this huge mess that i've made and she would just shake her head and say go outside just just go outside you know and it, and it wasn't like i i was doing it on purpose thinking okay well if, if i really piss off my mom then i can she'll go ahead and tell me to go outside it'd be like i'd come home from school and it'd be like well there's nothing on tv because there's only five to seven channels sure so what do I do? Well, I'll play with Hot Wheels. And it would start off small, and it was just build. And by the time my, my, my poor suffering mother came home, it would just be laid out everywhere. And she would just look at it and go, I can't stand to have you in the house. Get out of the house. Did you ever get and nostalgic for those old cars and go back and buy some that looked like the ones you used to have or anything like that? For a long time, Mattel didn't put out the one they'd kind of retired the ones they'd had in the sixties. Yeah. And I don't know if, if you knew about this, Tim, but there was actually a hot wheels cartoon that was around in the late sixties where Doesn't they were familiar. Okay. Well, do you remember that car? It kind of had the back end, like the monster mobile, but it had these two great big engines that were like side by side. Yep. I do remember that one. Okay. Well, the, the bad guy drove that one, uh-huh. and then you know, the good guy drove one of the other ones, and so you know, they had this whole cartoon thing going on. And at the time, I was so into them that you know, my parents were always like, "What are we going to get guy for Christmas?" Ah, Hot Wheels. You know, so I had this this like fifty gallon trash can that was just filled with tracks and loops and chargers and cars and and everything and by the time i i guess it was like 1974 1975 i had a a nephew who lived down in miami uh jeff jeff searle who was roughly i guess about six to seven years younger than me Uh uh-huh and i wasn't really i hadn't done anything with him in a long time and they were basically just taking up space in the laundry room and my mom was like, why don't you just give these to Jeff? You know, Jeff really likes Hot Wheels. So I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I ended up giving Jeff, my nephew, like all my Hot Wheels stuff. So it's all, it was all gone. So, I, you know, and then because all those cars were retired, when I would take my kids to the toy store, if we were going, then for whatever reason, they didn't really, they never seemed to care for the Hot Wheels when they were, you know, of age to, to play with that stuff. Right. So I would kind of, you know, as they're looking at, you know, whatever toy is making the most noise. I'm over at the Hot Wheels section, just kind of going through them. And I guess it was about three or four years ago, as I was going through some of them, I started seeing some of the ones that, that I used to play with as a kid. And I, I still haven't bought any, but every time I see them, it just kind of takes me back to, you know, that time. Why haven't you bought them? They're not expensive. No, they're not expensive. But at the same time, it's like I've got... You know, I've got various little small collections of of all kinds of stuff. Do you remember the the micro micro machines? Sure. I've got like all the Star Trek micro machines. By the way, I've anybody got- that's listening to uh, the podcast, if you just heard, you've got mail sign sound from your uh, headphones. It was it was my computer. <laughs> 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 I've had the email or the the email client going mail. 
on the Apple Macintosh, and I've got feedback from people saying, I heard, you know, the ding that I've got mail, and I went to check, and I thought, I didn't get I mail. mail. What was that? I don't, they, I don't have anything. They realized it was it came through the computer. Yeah. And, of course, I, oh, I, I spent a, a good part of the 80s from 85 to 90 traveling overseas, so I've got all kinds of you know, touristy crap from you know, whatever region I happen to, to be in at, at that particular time. I actually have, I don't know, well, you've never, you've never been to the house. I have a road sign that I got in Beirut, Lebanon in 1987, which was not a good year to no. be in Beirut, Lebanon. And it's a bridge, it's a sign that they would have on some of the bridges. And it's basically the international no symbol. It's a round sign with, you know, that's ringed in red with the red slash through it. And there's a tank on it. <laughs> and what it's basically saying is this bridge will not support tanks. So whatever <laughs> militia happens to be in the area at the time, if you have a tank, please don't drive your tank over this bridge. Do you have a picture of that? Um, no, but I can I can certainly uh, I can certainly take a picture of it and send it to you. You can use it for the for the GSE number five <laughs> screenshot. Yeah, if you do that, but you're going to have to do it like as soon as we we're done recording the show. You need to go take that picture and email it to me because sure. I'll be putting the show together. Do that. I'll use it for the, co- the you know the album art. Okay, cool. Um, so you know, but I've got all this stuff. I, I've got I, I used to have a much bigger selection of books. Than I do right now. Uh, I've called. I've called through them a couple of times because you know you start looking at some of these paperbacks that I read back in the eighties and and nineties when I was traveling. It's like I'm never going to read this again. You know, I mean, yeah. I just got it for for something to read when I'm in the middle of Africa with nothing to do. So I I'd box all these books up and I'd take them to the hospital or whatever, and you know let let somebody else get some pleasure from them. But I, I just realized that that you know as far as we, to get back to the Hot Wheels. That I've got all this stuff and not really any place to to showcase it, you know, to, to show. Okay, hey, look, I've got right. stuff. So you know, I've I've been I've been trying to be good, and other other than than stuff to support uh, my my computer Jones, uh, I haven't been buying a whole lot of what what I like to call LC, which stands for little crap. Yep. With me. You know, I, my parents never had a lot of money when I was growing up, and that's to, yeah. that's putting it mildly. But every Christmas, I knew that I would have like the one big present. Mm-hmm. And uh, once the the secret was revealed to me, and you know, I'm not going to assume that everybody listening yeah. to this doesn't know what the secret of Christmas is that we all <laughs> eventually discover. Right. Um, I knew that my parents would spend a hundred dollars. Now. On something. On something. Now, usually, they would spend more than 100 but there was like, you know, if you want the one big present, $100 is the cap. Right. And, you know, there was the Mecha Godzilla Look, it's a 67 Mustang. No, right. no, no, son. Not happening. There, there was uh, a lot of different stuff that I got over the years. And, of course, I cherished it like you wouldn't believe, but eventually you grow up and you get rid of that stuff. Uh, a number of years ago, maybe three, four, five years ago, I kind of got into the idea of I would like to get some of that old stuff back. And I didn't care if it was, exp- you know, uh, worthless or it was a collectible item or anything like that. I just wanted well, to get it's, it. it. It's not always a question of, of what it's worth on the market. It, it, you know, its value is, is basically what it means to you. Right. And so I, I started that little quest and I tried to decide what was the big gifts from various Christmases that I enjoyed the most and that I would like to get again. 
Um, of course, I got the Millennium Falcon one year, and it was a great big one. But I didn't really wow. care about getting that again. I thought, eh, I could do without that because yeah, kind of where would you put it? Well, not only that, it's just like, eh, it's yeah, I don't want it. Imagine um, Cole finding it one day. Yeah, uh, the oh, Atari twenty six hundred was a big one, right? And I'm still into video games, so I went and I bought an Atari twenty six hundred off of eBay. Um, How much was it? I don't even remember. It wasn't. It wasn't very expensive. I mean, you well, know. you had to have had more than one. Yes, you know why I say that? Yes, because I created a, a Macintosh out of an Atari twenty six hundred. The case of it, yeah. Yes. Um, so I went and got that, and I got a whole bunch of old video game systems. Uh, I the funny thing was, the ones that I really remember that I wish I wanted. One of them was a boombox, and it was a boombox that I was listening to using all the time between '84 and I'd say probably '86. And I loved this boombox. It wasn't the best sounding. It was a Panasonic. Sure. How many D cells? Uh, six. <laughs> of course. But it had, deta- it had these detachable speakers. And what I, what I really remember, and I had cheap headphones back then, but, you know, they wouldn't produce the sound that you wanted. The right. cheap headphones back in the 80s don't compare to the cheap headphones that you can get now. So no, I would agree. I would put, my, my parents would be asleep in the other room, and I would put these speakers on either side of my head as I'm laying in bed. And I would turn up the volume to just barely one. So from two feet away, you could not hear the sound. But with each speaker on either side of my head, in the middle of the night, it was loud. Now, I take it this is plugged into the wall socket. Yeah, it was. And, okay. and and the rest of it was actually on my headboard behind me, you know, where the cassette tape was at. Right. Now, did it loop the cassette tape or would it just No, end? it wouldn't. It would end. Okay. And I remember one of the big albums that I was listening to back then was uh, Purple Rain from Prince. Oh, great album. And uh, it's still one of my favorite albums, actually. I, I still, It's probably within my top two of all-time albums. But I would listen to Purple Rain a lot. Uh, I'd also listen to Duran Duran Arena. It was a live album, but it was one of the best recorded live albums I've ever heard. But I would listen to this on this boombox, and I, I just have these very vivid memories of listening to my music. And, of course, you know, you go through different girlfriends, and, you know, you're dating this girl, so this is her song, and that's the one you're listening to. So... Yeah, but when you stop dating her, yeah, you have to listen to that song again. No, you can't. You, you no. slit your wrist. This one girl I was dating, um, we didn't date for that long, but she really, really liked REO Speedwagon. Yeah, so you can listen to any REO Speedwagon uh, afterwards. It was huh? it was right after, I think the name of the album was High Infidelity. You can't fight this feeling. <laughs> yeah, but it was either that or ACDC Back in Black. Oh, it was that's right a great album. This, well, it's a good album, right. But whenever we went out, that was like, oh, oh. And, it, and at the time, and here, here I'm dating myself, at the time I had an 8-track player in my car, 74 Duster with an 8-track player. Ugh. So you'd put one of these things in, and it would just loop and loop and loop. Forever. And not end. Right in and, the middle of a song, clank, clank. It's on the yeah. other side, yeah. And... I loved ACDC, but it got to the point after this girl and I broke up, I could not listen to Back in Black again, with one exception, and I'll get into that in a minute. The other one was uh, REO Speedwagon, High Infidelity.
this was right after, I think the album before that was You Can Tune a Piano, But You Can't Tune a Fish, which actually was a really, really good album. But then it just seemed like with High Infidelity, they totally wimped out. And it was all the, the love ballads that had been such a big hit on their previous album was like what this entire album was. So I think that was like one of the first eight tracks or one of the first records recordings that I'd had that once I was no longer dating this girl, I just like tossed it. It's like, I do not want to hear this stupid thing ever, ever again. Now, as far as ACDC went, I made one exception and I made that exception for a family member. The family member was my brother, Larry Grinnell who is a, a, an occasional writer for, for MyMac.com as well. Now, right around this time, he was in the Air Force. And he had, and as, as I remember it, he'd, he flew into Miami from somewhere. I don't even remember where it was. And it was my job to pick him up at Miami's airport and drive him back to our home in Fort Lauderdale. Now, Larry had gone through earlier, like uh, he'd gone through rock and he listened to the Beatles and Zappa and all these other groups in the 60s and early 70s. But at this point, he was really into like jazz and classical, kind of still what he's into now. And he hated rock and roll. And my, bro my brother and I, when we were kids, he's about seven years older than me. We didn't exactly get along all that well. So I didn't see him for like four or five years. I'm going to pick him up. I am now Huge. I'm much bigger than Larry. <laughs> Larry is. Yeah, to say the least. To say the least. Larry is like about five ten, five eleven, and I'm about six foot six. So I, I pick him up at the airport, and as we get into the car, I'm kind of looking through my stuff, going, "What can I put on that's just going to totally hack him off for the entire trip to Fort Lauderdale?" And it was it was there, right in the middle of the case, ACDC, Back in Black. <laughs> and I knew we could go through that album about twice, from driving from the Miami airport back home to Fort Lauderdale, and I slammed it home. And I don't think he said more than two or three words the whole time, just staring out the window going, oh, God, why have you, why have you forsaken me? So... I made the exception for ACDC back in black for my for my poor suffering brother Larry. So um, this boombox meant a lot to me growing up, right? And it was one of those things that you know the sound quality compared to what you get nowadays was yeah, it's not very good. But it was I, fine you know, back but then. I wanted it, but I couldn't remember who made it. I thought it was a Panasonic, but I really I couldn't re really remember. So occasionally I would be on eBay and I would do a search for Panasonic boombox. And one day, lo and behold, I came across it. And was it, it a Panasonic? It was a Panasonic. So it was, it was a RX C39 Panasonic oh. boombox. Great name. And yeah, unforgettable, right? <laughs> uh, it had a three band equalizer on it, single Ooh. cassette. It didn't even have dual cassette. But I just remember the detachable speakers, and I and I knew what it looked like in my head. So as soon as I saw it on eBay, I was like, oh, that's, that's my boombox. And oh. so I bought it, and it works fine. And it's exactly the one I had. In fact, we lost power uh, over the 4th of July weekend a year ago. We had we didn't have power for like, oh, I don't know, four or five days. It was really bad. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the only way we can listen to anything was, guess what? My old <laughs> Panasonic boombox. Running on D-cells. And here's the funny thing. It's got an aux-in jack. So I could plug my iPhone or my iPhone and my iPod into it. So 
let's yeah let's let's use uh, mid mid two thousands technology with with a mid eighty five boombox. It worked. And, and, it worked. And, you can complain. Get, get that sound quality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there was other things great. that I could not remember. For, that was an easy thing that I found on eBay. Right. But toys is something totally different. Um, I would do searches for like toys nineteen seventy seven. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the t- toys that I would find, and I would go all the way up to like 84, about 84 when I was 14 is when I completely stopped playing with toys. So I would do Until searches. Until you hit your 30s. Right. And then, okay. of course, I'm playing with toys all the time now. <laughs> Almost 40 at this point. Um, but I would find all these old toys that I remember playing with as a kid, but I, I didn't want to buy any of them. Uh, I remember the Godzilla with the detachable fist. Sure. Um, but I didn't want to buy that. But there was this one toy. Actually, there was two. There was this yellow helicopter that I really had really fond memories of. And the funny thing about that was I was over at Chad Perry's house one day, uh, ex-co-host for the MyMac podcast. And lo and behold, he has that same yellow helicopter. Wow, really? Yeah, his brother and him had played with it as kids. His brother remembered it, found one, completely rebuilt it. From scratch, made it look brand new, and gave it to Chad as a present. Holy cow! Where I did he get it? I I don't know. I didn't ask, but I just remember I marvel at it every time I go over there. Now I'm like, oh, there's a helicopter, but I didn't want to buy that either. I but I remembered it. But I you know it, was, it wasn't a big deal. But what I remembered wanting more than anything else of the toys from back in the day that I kind of wanted when I got the Godzilla, and I can't tell you what year it was. Maybe '79. I got this Godzilla. Sure. My my parents n- figured that I would want Godzilla to fight against something. And they were right. You can't have just Godzilla. I mean, pff, it's boring. No, no. We've so, got a ton of Godzilla stuff. Yeah, right. So they bought me, I just remembered it being some kind of a robot bug. <laughs> That's all I remembered. But it was a really cool thing. That's, it, it was, was a cool robot it, bug. It was like a helicopter jet, but it was mechanical and it looked kind of like a bee or something that's all i remembered but was i remember it, was it part of the like the godzilla no it mythos was no nope, it had nothing completely to do with godzilla. unrelated completely okay. unrelated um but i remember when i got the two toys i like that more so i would always have that kick godzilla's ass <laughs> and i remember well, we all know that that's not the way it yeah. works and and it and the head of it had a cockpit and i could put a star wars figure in there barely so Boba Fett used to fly that thing and kick Godzilla's ass all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I just remembered, I, I couldn't remember what it was, who made it, what toy thing it was associated with or anything. But I always wanted it. And I would always look through, you know, 1977, 1978, 1979 toys on eBay, page after page after page, hoping that I would see it and it would spark some kind of a memory. And it never did. So you never found it? Well, it has a happy ending, so let me finish. Okay. <laughs> so this is going to sound really strange. One night, yes, it was night, <laughs> I'm laying in bed and I can't sleep. And I'm not thinking of this toy at all. My wife is sound asleep. The kids are sound asleep. I'm tossing and turning in bed, and I cannot sleep. And usually when I can't sleep at night, um, I'll think about articles that I need to get written or... Uh, a subject for the podcast or winning a million dollars in the lottery, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. And I'm just laying there and I'm 
not a thought in my head, just laying there thinking, God, I wish I could fall asleep. Maybe I should just get up and go downstairs. Micronauts. And I thought, Micronauts? Where'd that come from? And I, this term micronaut stick, stuck with my head, so I finally got out of bed. It was like 2 in the morning. This is the world of the micronauts. McCroy, the enemy, and the micronaut space warriors, all sold separately. Space glider, galactic warrior, time traveler, made to fit the micronaut vehicles, like the photon sled. You can stage make-believe battles against a Croyer. Like all Micronauts, a Croyer has interchangeable parts, so you can create your own toys. Micronauts, made of plastic and die-cast metal, each sold separately by Mego. I got on the computer, I did a search for Micronauts, and I saw a couple of the figures, and I was like, I remember having a couple of those little Micronaut figures. So I jumped on eBay, and I did a search for Micronauts, and lo and behold, there it was. It was a Micronaut... I don't know, even know what it's called now. It's a bug jet thing. <laughs> but they had oh, it. Look out. Somebody look out, had it Bruce. for it's the bug jet thing. And and it was going to close. The auction was going to close in three minutes. Wow. And there it was, and no one had bid on it, and opening price was four ninety nine with like two dollars shipping and handling. So I bid on it and I won. And a week later it showed up. It it was in the original box. It had all the pieces plus some extra pieces, so somebody must have you had two. didn't even remember. Right, but how odd is it that in the middle of the night, this term Micronox jumps into my head for something that I've been looking for for close to, I would say, a decade. This term just pops into my head when I'm not even thinking about this stupid toy. I, do, I, I get up in the middle of the night, do a search for it, find it on eBay. It's going to clo- It's the only one that I found on eBay. It's going to close in three minutes. I bid and win it. That is wild. When I woke up the next morning, I thought, did that actually happen? And, <laughs> you know, I, it, it just felt really weird. So I came down, I checked my email. Sure enough, I had won this thing that I bid on at like 2.10 a.m. And I could not believe it. And uh, I, I got the toy. And I, it was as cool as I remembered it. Now, it's in a box somewhere downstairs. Right. You know, I don't have it on display or anything, but I have it. And uh, it had extra parts in it, so whoever uh, originally had it must have cobbled different parts of it to put one, a whole one together and just threw the rest in there. Sure. Um, yeah, exactly. I just thought it was really weird, though, that that all happened. This was like four years ago or so, that all this happened within like, you know, a half hour period. Something I had been looking for for a long time just popped into my head, did a search, there it is, buy it. I'm done. Well, you know, really it, weird. If we're going to talk about toys, um, a, a, a brand of toy that uh, our, our usual co-host David Cohen would definitely be familiar with is this company. I think they used to be based out of the UK. At least they were when I was a kid, called Corgi, and they would get a lot of these, you know, kind of same kind of. I don't even know what they call it now. Uh, these contracts to build toys based on various TV shows or movies. And um, my father used to, for one of the jobs that he had, he was working several jobs at the same time, he would on occasion go over to the Bahamas or you know the, the islands in the Caribbean for one of these jobs. And he would always come back and he would have a toy for me. My father, my father for whatever reason, loved the hell out of me. And 
one of the toys he brought me back when I was like five or six years old was from this TV show from the early 60s called Supercar, which was produced by uh, Jerry Anderson for ITC Entertainment, which I think is also a British company. And for those listening, that's a, a Wikipedia cheat. Oh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> And I, I and he would and once he found out how much I really really liked these corgi toys he would he would always bring me back something from the islands that was corgi, and one of the other things he brought me was and this is in the the, the mid sixties when Batman was real big with you know the Adam West Batman, it was a, a corgi version of the Batmobile. Oh okay. The, the cool part about the Batmobile that corgi made at the time was do you remember on the Batmobile just behind where the where you know. Batman and Robin would sit were these three long tubes. Okay. Well, there were like these little missiles that you could put into it, and you'd hit this little button on the car, and it would it would shoot out these missiles. And it was just the attention to detail from this from this company in England that would make these toys that that really really made them special. And I have uh, you know I have on occasion kind of looked through, but I haven't been able to find any. At a price that I was willing to pay. Oh, that's um, always a thing. It's you yeah. know, I, I've got I've got something like that too. I when I was uh, this is a, a little bit strange to talk about in the podcast. I didn't live with my mom until I was five years old. I didn't even know who my mom was. Uh, she had had a stroke two weeks after I was born. And the guy that you know raised me from um, basically two weeks old until I went to live with my mom. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, it was Hannibal Lecter. But <laughs> when, he, when he finally told me who my mom was, and this is a woman that I actually I, I knew who she was. She had been at the house before. Um, the, the, he dropped me off in the middle of the night. Okay? And it was kind of freaky as a kid, obviously. And... My mom and this guy that she was with, his name was Tom, um, bought me a toy to play with, and it was a bat cave. And I remembered that it was the bat cave, and I finally found that online too. And it was a Mego bat cage, bat oh, cave. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, Mego Mego had had like all the action figures right. back then, and they it was so expensive I could not believe it. I was like, I'm not buying that. But that is something that. Uh, it was a 1974 Meagle Batcave with a Batmobile and Batman and Robin that you can actually take the clothes off of. That that must have been, like, huge because the Migos are, like, what, eight inches or yeah, six oh, inches yeah, it was, tall? Yeah, it was a very big playset. Um, and I loved that playset for a lot of years. In fact, the first curse word I ever said out loud was because of that playset. We had a dog named Winky. <laughs> and I'm sitting there playing with the Batcave, and Winky came over. Cocked his leg and peed on the Batcave. Oh, Batman would be. Batman was not amused. (laughs) Batman was pissed. And I said, God damn it, dog. (laughs) Was was there any adults in earshot? Yes, there was. And there was also a bar of soap that I had to eat. Oh, no. Yeah, that's not good. Okay, I don't know what this is going to do to our Skype call. But I'm I'm sending you two pictures right now, guy, on Skype. So if it kills the audio quality, you know, we'll, we'll deal with it. Ah, See it coming in on Skype? Yeah, hold on. Ah, oh, stop, stop. Ah, ah. Hold on a second. It's trying to tell me what the files are. Yeah, that's okay. And it's like, ah. The, uh, the, the name of the item that I was talking about, that Micronaut thing, 
Yeah. It was called a Hornet Hornetroid. Hornetroid. Micro or Migo Micronauts Hornetroid. And I just did a search on eBay while you were talking, and I found it up there again. And right now, the oh current, wow, that is so cool! Isn't looking. that cool looking? That is, that is way cool looking. It was wicked, yeah. dude, and I okay, loved so it. Okay, so the very front of this kind of kind of had a hinge on it that yes, would open up, and it would That's open where up. You put the action figure. Yes, exactly. Oh, that that is cool. And, I love uh, that. He, here's the link to the the eBay because they've got some more pictures up there, but you can at least see. But you know this this toy was a, so cool. I loved it. And uh, when I finally found it there on eBay, I had to have it. Sure. I, you know, it's stupid. What do I... I don't need something like that for. It's retarded. But I just remember this whole thing, too, would disassemble. It would break down to all these small little components. Then you had to put right. it together. And, what, and these two robots that they're showing here in this picture? Yeah. Well, no, the robots didn't come giant with it. Acro years? What the hell is that? Yeah, I don't know. That didn't come with the, the, the Hornetroid. Oh, that's just this particular auction. Yeah, that's just that auction. But you could see the different pictures of the Hornetroid. And it had these rockets... These missiles on top of it. Do you see that? On the top of it? Yeah, I see the, it now. Those would actually shoot. Oh, little spring-loaded things? Yep, and its pincer claws in the front would open and close, and its wings moved up and down. Oh, no it, wonder Godzilla had a hard time. Oh, he, Godzilla gets his ass kicked every time. <laughs> no question. Uh, Godzilla. He, Godzilla didn't have a chance against this cool thing. Um <laughs> You know, At least right, not in your mind. No, right. Exactly. So this is, you can actually still buy this. Anybody listening, just do a search on eBay for Hornet Roid. H O R N E T R O I D. Think about, think about a medical condition that would not be comfortable for a small flying insect. Yes. And that's what it is. But no, it was, it was just a cool thing. I, and you know, when I found it on eBay, I had to have it. It was just so cool. Um, and I already had the Manillium Falcon and a whole bunch of Star Wars toys, obviously. And so this thing just became, became kind of an everything vehicle. If I was playing Star Wars, this was Luke Skywalker's new, uh, battleship, you know, and, <laughs> and we're not exactly talking, uh, um, well, what is it when you're trying to stay in line with the story? Oh yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't care when I was playing. I was playing. In fact, I thought the Bubble Fett Star Wars character was the coolest looking one. I mean, he was just awesome looking, and uh, I liked him so much. Instead of making him a bad guy, I would always have Luke Skywalker in a fight with Darth Vader, and Darth <laughs> okay. Vader would start kicking Luke's ass, so Luke would have to hide real quick, and he'd turn into Bubble Fett, <laughs> and then he would come back. He'd be Luke Luke Bubble Fett, and he'd kick Darth Vader's ass. And then Darth Luke, Vader Luke would Fett. exchange would uh, would try to get away in the Tie Fighter, and and uh, Luke Boba Fett would jump into the Hornetroid and and chase him down and shoot him with the missiles. Why, of course he would. And occasionally the Dukes of Hazard, uh, General Lee, and uh, the Smoking the Bandit car would show up somehow. And <laughs> I'm going to have to find some of these toys. I'm all excited about playing with them now. Dude, it's it's. I don't know if it's just uh, I don't want to say it's a midlife crisis because I don't think that's what it is. It was just I when you grow up and you don't have a lot of money, you really relish the things that you do have. Yes. Now, I would imagine your kids are very much like my kids. They're a little bit spoiled. Yeah. They don't really appreciate the things that they have the way we appreciated what we had. 
I mean, for well, there wasn't there wasn't as much to choose from when we were kids. Actually, there was. I think there was just as much as there is now. Um, I remember when the Walkman came out, and it was a big deal, and I got one. But mine wasn't a Sony; it was like a Sanyo, and it was a piece of crap. Yeah, and I could listen to maybe three cassettes before the battery died. <laughs> and uh, but it meant as much to me as the iPod does to my daughter. Right. You know, they're always listening to their music. They got it better as far as they can listen to a lot of music. Where we were stuck with a cassette. And maybe your buddy would make you a mixtape. And so if you, you could were listen, lucky. if you were lucky and you could listen to that for a while. Or if you had a boombox and you could record off the radio. Um So I don't think it's that they, they have more now. Or that the the stuff costs more. It does cost more. But if you look at it in nineteen seventy seven dollars compared to two thousand and seven dollars, it's it's a little bit different. What's this link that you just sent me? The Batmobile. Yeah. All right. This is the one you had. This is the one that I had. As a I kid. had that. I had that Batmobile as well. Absolutely, one hundred and twenty dollars. Good lord. Yeah. But you can see it's the three little things on the back. I don't know if this is exactly like the one I had. No, that's exactly like the one I had. I can tell you that right now. Okay, but it would shoot out missiles out of those those three things just behind the passenger. I, I also had the big play one, plastic one, that came with a Batmobile cave, or that came with a Batcave. But toys, I think, I don't know for girls as much, but for boys, toys are a very important thing. We, we we make an attachment to these things that maybe it's girls kind of, maybe girls did too. My wife talks about this uh what is it, a panda bear that she had when she was growing up. It's a trap. And uh she would really like to find that panda bear someday on eBay. And it's but like she does, good does luck. she know what it looks like? <clears throat> yeah, she does. But do do a do a search for a panda bear. Oh my god! Stuffed yeah. animal. I mean, good luck. At least with the boy stuff, we kind of, you know, well, it was Mego, or it was Star Wars, or it was, you know, Microtech, or you know, whatever it is. We kind of have an idea. It's Hot Wheel cars from 1977. You're going right. to find them. Good luck with her, to her trying to find what she's looking for. I mean, not without it. Without not without a uh, manufacturer's name. And even then, how many people are going to put if they're selling some old stuffed animal on eBay? How many people are, are going to know who the manufacturer is if the tag is still on the thing? No, well, that's I true. I mean, the tags get ripped off immediately on stuffed animals because they're, you know, you hug them and you sleep with them and do other you, unmentionable things. You wash them four or five times and, you know. <laughs> I, oh, I just man, I had such. I, oh, I, and, but, you know, here's the thing, guy. I still do, just not those kind of toys. Right. My toys now are the iPhone. It's the the Xbox and the PS3. It's my Mac. It's the GPS unit in the car. Uh, it's my digital camera. Yeah, our toys just become more expensive. More expensive, and we're and, and they're smaller. practical. And smaller. And well, in some <laughs> respects, yeah. You know, I don't I don't think I have anything that's as large as that Manila and Falcon now, except for maybe my computer itself. But our toys become something else. Then they have a function, and they don't necessarily spark our imagination and help our cognitive abilities grow as we're a kid. And that's really what toys were playing and using your imagination. Sure. But a part of me never really lost that. 
didn't I've never really lost that imaginative streak. Um for instance when I listen to music I almost always make a music video to it in my head. Not a music video that I'm in, but a music video on how I would shoot it. What would make a great music video for this? Even though music videos are dead nowadays. Yeah, pretty um, but much. I grew up in the eighties and in the nineties and MTV was very influential on me. And you kinda you kinda missed that though, didn't you? Um, well, not really. Uh, I remember because MTV kind of started in like what nineteen eighty eighty one. Yeah, we or maybe I was actually, maybe a little bit later than that. My, my family was one of the very first to get MTV. I, I okay. remember friends coming over to my house to watch MTV. Well, when because I left I left Florida in uh, nineteen was it June of of, of nineteen eighty one, and uh, not so much when I lived in Akron. But for about the last year that I was in Ohio, uh, I was living in Columbus. I was sharing a townhouse with this guy that had had cable TV, and MTV was was one of those things. And I guess I was how old was I? I was like twenty three years old. Before I forget, don't worry about taking a picture. I'm going to use the Micronaut thing as our album artwork this week. Well, I'll take one and send it to you anyway. Okay. It looks it looks kind of funny. So, you know, yeah, you know, I, I was, I was just older than you, you know, and, and I didn't watch it a whole lot because I was working and right. know, didn't have a whole lot of spare time. And I was a kid. Yeah. Well, you going were into like 13, 13, 14 years old. Right. And it was, and MTV was the biggest thing ever. I mean, everybody's notebook had hand drawn MTV. I could still make the MTV logo. Sure. You start with the TV and then you draw the M thing around it. And I, I. I don't even know if MTV still uses that same type of logo, but it was. Well, I it still was so remember the, the, the original theme song. They probably don't even use that anymore either. No, probably not. And then they would have like they would just have like different versions of well, not so much the the logo itself would stay the same, but they would change out the background like about three or four times a second. Right, exactly, and with a little so astronaut if, changing. If you, if, yeah, basically, if you had epilepsy, you were you were going to be on the ground yeah. before the uh, before the commercial. But was MTV kind of grew up with me as well because when I turned when I was like eighteen nineteen, I was hanging out at friend's house at after midnight. And it was time for Headbangers Ball on MTV. And at that point, we hated regular MTV because it was just the top 40 crap that we didn't want to listen to, which I sure. actually like nowadays. Go figure. <laughs> um, but we wanted to see, you know, Wasp and, you know, Rat and Iron Maiden and, and those videos. It was cool that you didn't get to see on regular MTV, but you got to see them on Headbangers Ball. Um, I remember people like Adam Curry, who was a big vj on oh, mtv yeah. and so when people still say adam curry yeah i know he's the the podcasting guy and yeah yes i've been in contact with him myself but to me adam curry will always be the mtv guy always yeah that's where i remember him from exactly and you know he's not that guy anymore but yet you know adam curry and and martha quinn and those people oh martha what was what was the name of the of the the black guy um uh jjj yeah jj Oh, three he, J's. Um, he died. Three J's. Oh, yeah. did he? Yeah, he died. Because he was the guy. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this. When when Kiss took off the makeup, mm -hmm. he was. I think he was the guy that was that hosted it. Yeah, he was like the it, MC of that event. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Kiss hasn't been the same since. No, but well, you know, MTV was kind of a. 
it bridged the gap between geeky stuff and non-geeky stuff. Yeah. And it was the one thing that every segment of your school from the geeks. And I, and here's the thing. I, I had a lot of geek interests when I was in school. But when I was at school, I was anything but a geek. I remember the geeks. I used to beat them up. <laughs> you know, I played football. I dated the cheerleaders. Right. That's who I was. I wasn't just that, though. And I don't think anybody is. You you watch movies where they have these little clicks. You know, you watch Revenge of the Nerds or any of the movies nowadays. And you have the preppy girls. And you have the brainies. And you have the... The stoners. The stoners. And the and, yeah, and the people that are listening to The Cure. And the same the clicks goss. as... Right, the goss. It's the same clicks that we had when we were growing up. Probably more so me than you, because you didn't have goths. You had hippies. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's that's the click I was in. I was yeah. a hippie. And but see, I was more of a jock. You know, I listened to rock and roll, heavy metal, played football. Sure. But when I got to high school, that changed a little bit, and I was much more diverse than my friends. But MTV was the thing that kind of bridged all of those. And I think nowadays kids don't have MTV, and honestly, no. I don't think that they're missing much. Well, what, because what well, MT- have- MTV isn't MTV anymore. Oh, absolutely! I totally agree with you, but. What's taken that place nowadays is the internet, is Facebook and MySpace and instant messaging. And that's what they do now. They still... Well, they're still making the videos, but they're just distributed in a different way. Online. Yeah. You know, and and you'll find the video linked on someone's MySpace page, and that's how you'll see that video. Or you'll see see the video from the band's MySpace page. That's true, yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, we had MTV, we had cassettes, we had eight tracks. Cause I remember eight tracks too. We had 45s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had all of these things. Now, what do our kids have? They have the same thing, except it's a little different. Well, it's, it's, a, it's more, it's a digital, it's a digital representation of the, of a lot of the same right. things. Right. You know, they have MP3s. And that's kind of like 45. 45s, exactly. Um, recording off the radio, they don't do that. They just download it now. <laughs> Going to the record store, which was a big deal when I was a kid, was, isn't something that our kids do. Our kids don't go to the mall or or Target or wherever to buy their music. They go to no, iTunes. They don't, they don't even bother. Well, or they'll go to Amazon.com. Exactly. You know, they don't go to these places to do things like we used to. I, some things have died completely. Um, records. Well, rec- no, records haven't completely died, but I'm talking about activities that used to be really a big deal. I remember roller skating. We had two different roller skating rinks. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. were huge back. I mean, that's where everybody went on the weekends. Yeah, um, but it was, it was, it's, you know, because it, they, it kind of had a resurgence, but it was more along roller blades. But even that's kind of gone now. Exactly. You know, now the Roller big, thing, was the big huge. thing that's starting to come back, at least what I'm starting to see in our, in our neighborhood with the kids, is skateboarding. Well, skateboarding never really went away. It, well, it, it, I it think does. it goes. It, 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 it expands out and then it contracts and it expands out. You know, yeah, but it, it never it really goes away, goes. though. Not I mean, completely. There, there's no. always, ever since, you know, uh, I, I can't think of that movie, uh, when they did the whole thing from uh, the 70s, 60s and 70s. In California, where they were finding abandoned swimming pools. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that's where it really hit it big. 
and it's still it's always been around since then. And but now instead of just actually going out and skating, they're playing video games that are about skating. Yeah. <laughs> My yet, God, you know it, it. It's a different world, but yet we had the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and ColecoVision. They have the PlayStation Three and the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. You know they have the the I iPod. Yeah, they have the iPod. We had the Walkman. It's the same thing. It's just different. They have access to a lot more stuff. And a lot more information. Yeah, but, you know, let's be honest. Most teenagers aren't taking advantage of the access to the information. That's what you and I do with the Internet. True. Our kids are, are chatting online. They're, they're checking each other's <laughs> pages and commenting up, on photos. Looking up video game reviews. Yeah, exactly. My God. So it, it's different, and yet it's the same. And I don't want to say one's better than the other. Personally, I think ours was better. Yeah, I think so. I think um, that nowadays that the kids don't go outside as much as they used to. Well, you know, they they invite their friends over and then they all sit around playing video games, or, right? Or you know, and for us it was like, hey, let's get together, you know, and let's let's climb some tree. Like there was this small group of trees near our house that had been there for probably hundreds of years, where these vines had 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 grown between them. So we could literally climb to the top of these trees, and we're talking, you know, thirty to forty feet up in the air, and go from tree to tree on these vines. That you know, would never, be cool. Yeah, well, it was cool, you know. And you know, I think about it now, and it's like all it would take would be for one of these vines to, you know, not quite be as sturdy as I thought it was before I put all of my weight on it, and I probably would have tumbled to my death. You think or, kids are weaker nowadays than we were when we were kids? I think they are. Uh, no, I would disagree with that. I think that um, that when I was a kid, They're and not possibly, weaker, but possibly when we, well, softer maybe. But I, I think kids have a much better diet than we did as kids. Because I mean, for when, especially when I was a kid, everything was you know sugar. <laughs> it was like, come get your sugar pops, come get your sugar smacks. You know, and if, if it didn't say sugar in it, kids would just kind of ignore it. Kaboom cereal, which was almost like. A ridiculously oversugared Lucky Charms. If you know, and that should scare the hell out of any parent. I don't know. I, I think the kids nowadays are softer. They don't get as much physical activity as we did as kids. My, my, I remember a big thing that I used to do was ride my dirt bike. Uh, Jimmy Green's w- house was on the next block over, and we'd go play Smokey and the Bandit. One person would be Smokey, one person would be the Bandit, and then or chase one, each other on dirt bikes. Yeah, exactly. Hopping curves. Are, are you talking and, about? Are you talking about bicycles? Yes. Or- bicycles okay. and then when one person caught the other person you'd switch roles and you'd go the other way i mean that's just the way it was it, sure you'd wipe out all the time i mean i can't tell you how many times i crashed on my bike it was crazy and i don't let my kids go out in this neighborhood and play because quite honestly oh. when we bought this house we had a pretty nice neighborhood we have a crap 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 neighborhood now and i hate living here with a passion and if I was financially able to, I would move in a heartbeat. Now, they seem to be pretty well behaved when, when you know, the little bit of time I spent there. The kids, you mean? No. I mean, just the neighborhood. Well, it was, you know, 20 below zero with four foot of snow. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. And uh, they're just not going to be out there playing basketball. And their gang buddies and aren't going to be showing up to play basketball, too. So, you know, it, it, our neighborhood's just gone horrible. And it's really, it comes down to two kids is... 
uh, one kid one on one side of the street farther down, and then the other way is another kid, and they're both two little thugs, and they're ruining it, ruining the entire neighborhood. And I blame the parents, but that has of nothing course. to do with that, that's show another, ever. Yeah, that's another topic. I think we've probably uh, filled our quota for a show today. Yeah, and you know the funny thing is, guy, we we had no plans on what we were going to talk about. No, for like the last week, you you know, we've been sending emails back and forth. So, what are we going to talk about? I don't yeah. know. What do you want to talk about? So well, you you had talked about a little bit about online comics, but I never read online comics. Oh, there's um, some really good ones out there. Right, but that could be maybe a topic for. I would like other. to do a video game thing, but you don't really play video games that much. At least not the kind that I do. So that's that's going to have to be put on hold for a while. And of course, David Cohen isn't here this week because. He's becoming Daddy 2.0 this week. So congratulations to David Cohen. Oh, and, yeah, big uh, time. The birth of his child. I don't know as we record this whether it's a boy or a girl. Um, I'm I'm hoping that everything goes well. No, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Friday? Yeah, it will be Friday. So, yep. But We're recording I, I, this, on, obviously, on, on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah. So uh, with that guy, I think we need to wrap up. And uh, we'll be back doing this show again in two weeks. Who knows what we're going to talk about. There's a lot of different people that we can also bring in onto the show that I think would be uh, a lot of fun. Gideon over at uh, the Icon Factory and I have had discussions about Star Wars. We need to you have know a, who I, you you know to who have I would Star love Wars to show. have on the show. Who? Chris Siebold. Yeah, he'd be fun. He'd be yeah, a good one to have on the show. We need to have a Star Wars show where we really get into the mythos of Star Wars. I not might so be much lost on that one. Um, not so much the new ones, but the older ones, and even the newer ones though too. I know, I know, David can get into that show. Um, I also want to do a show on the Matrix because I think that would be, I think the Matrix is the best sci-fi. And I'm not talking about the sequels. I'm talking about the original one that came out in '99. Right. Well, the first one was great. Uh, and I think that was. Honestly, probably I got the, I got lost trying to figure out what was going on. Oh, with you got to watch. You got to watch second. the the first one. You even have to watch a couple times to really pick up on everything, but. I think that the the first Matrix movie is one of the best sci-fi films of all time. I mean, that's how good I think it is. And it hits so many different subject matters, from religion to... Virtual um, reality. Just so much is in there that I think a lot of people take for granted some of the messaging and some of the, the, the questions that that movie asks. Um. A, a, a small brief snippet of that conversation would be when Agent Smith says, you know, the first Matrix we built was a paradise and your people rejected it. Yeah. Um, I think that right there is a great topic of conversation. So there's a lot of different things that we want to talk about on this show coming up in the future. We'd really appreciate it. Anybody listening would send us some feedback and let us know what you think we should talk about. And whether it's good or bad. If you think we're full of shit, then... Tell Let us. us know. Absolutely. Uh, easiest way to send an email to us, and I'm just going to use this one because I, I don't remember if we've set one up for a geeky show ever, but the easiest way to contact us is feedback at mymac.com. Feedback at mymac.com. That's a good one. And that's a good one. Uh, and if you don't listen to the MyMac podcast, listen to Guy Searle and myself at mymac.com. We've been doing that podcast for almost five years now, so... Uh, take a listen to that. We talk about all things technology and Apple. So, okay, yeah, guy, mostly Apple, mostly Apple, but not not <laughs> exclusively. Not exclusively. No, not exclusively. So, with that, we're going to wrap this show up, and uh, so I can get it edited. Send me that picture, guy. I'm still going to use my Micronaut thing for the album artwork, but I still want to okay. see that picture. Well, you we'll, can, we you can, can put it up at geekiestshowever.com. Sure. 
So send yeah, it. The, a, yeah, go go the, take the a picture. Tank, the tanks, but no tanks sign. Tanks, but no tanks. Yep. So go take a picture of it. Send it to me, and I'll put it up on the Geekiest Show Ever dot com. And okay. uh, if you guys got this far into the podcast, please go up to iTunes and uh, give us a review. And uh, I read them. So if you have something negative to say, I'm going to read it and uh, take it we'll in consideration and, and kill you. So, <laughs> But really, really, we really need feedback. Yes. Um, give us some suggestions on the, on the podcast. What do you think we ought to talk about? And if there's something that you would like to talk about on the show... That's something that we don't do with the MyMac podcast, but that's something that we could possibly do with the geekiest show ever. Bring in some listeners occasionally, chat with us on Skype, and you can be part of the show. If there's like a topic you want to talk about, you're like, you know what, I'm really into Star Wars, I'd really love to come on to that show and talk about it. Cool beans, bring it on, we'll have a lot of fun. Or you're really into Micronauts or something. There you go. We kind of did that show already, didn't we? Oh, that's right, we did. Damn. (laughs) So, Guy, thanks for being on tonight, and I appreciate it. I I love doing it. I'll see you uh, over on the MyMac side next week. Yeah, on the flip side. Bye.